Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready? Hey guys, come on, bring it in. Welcome back to the podcast dedicated to the most precious human pastime. I sit down with friends, idols, and inspirations of mine to shoot the breeze about music, life, family, food, whatever. I'm Gregory Porter, and this is The Hang. The saxophone wasn't really a part of the orchestra, so that was like a whole other world to this jazz world that I kind of discovered in my early teens. And so they were just two sides of the music puzzle that I kind of grew up in. Coming up, a rising star from Britain's electric jazz scene. A saxophonist with a message. When I was a teenager, I just, I didn't notice it. Yeah. Until my generation, when you're looking to move back somewhere, you're like, oh, okay. Like, oh, it's like I that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nubaya Garcia. Even though my name's on the bill, they're like, oh, sorry, who's in charge? I am right. me. <laughs> I'm the one in charge. I'm the one you need to talk to. <laughs> so here, sit back, grab a drink, and let's do this. Come on. Hey, lady. Hello. Thank you for joining me on The Hang. This is just a, um, it's evening for you, but it's still quite, uh, it's just afternoon for me. And I'm not supposed to be doing this, but, you know. <laughs> you know, we grown folks. So there, I had my sip we of are, apple juice. Fine. Apple juice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, I just this is this is for me as a, as a fan. I'm just curious in your career as a, a pianist, violin, viola, uh, clarinet, <laughs> saxophone, flute. Um, I'm artist. trying. <laughs> yeah. You know, ex- excuse ex- excuse me if you have a, 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 a an album that is just you singing, but I don't know about it. Do you sing? No, no, I don't. I'm saving everyone's ears. <laughs> there are fine, fine, fine musicians in the world and singers. <laughs> I am not one of those. <laughs> I ask, I ask because you're so lyrical. You're so conversational with your Thank horn. You. And, and I, it's something in me said, I was like, oh, man, I got to ask because, I, but, but actually having an appreciation for the voice um, can come through in your playing as well. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what I'm hearing. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to a lot of vocalists and my elder sister is a classical singer. Wow. Um, so I kind of grew up with with that, with her kind of singing at home and going to see her, you know, in her school concerts and stuff. And I was just like tiny. And then when I got into jazz, I was just super absorbed along with the instrumental side of it, just by the vocal, like how to convey emotion through what everyone has, which is their voice. 
I kind of just like took that, I guess, and I kind of strive for that. I want to be able to sing my melodies, basically. I think that's something that's kind of sometimes how I write. Yeah, well, just, your your um your melodies are very singable. So I was in the garden this weekend listening to your music, and I was like, oh yeah, I could write, I could write something to let. I'm not making a pitch here. I'm just saying. Oh, I love it already. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> that would be a, an absolutely phenomenal, a phenomenal piece of work. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, um, a couple of other things. I'm going to make some, you know, this is just my observations about your music. Maybe this is unintentional, but it seems like you're working on the long game. Your music is, is, is infinitely sampleable. Sampleable. Yes. Perfect. Sampleable. (laughs) Thank you. That means a lot. No, I sampleable. I like that. I like that a lot. No, I'm Definitely. saying, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a rapper. I, I only rap um, when I'm walking around the house or when I'm in the garden. And I said, oh, yeah, I, w- I, could, I could jump on this one, too. But as a rapper this time. <laughs> so amazing. I would love to hear that. Yeah. Definitely. Well, n- not for me. Not for me. Let's get common or, you know, somebody, you know, somebody real dope. But um, so many things uh, that I hear when uh, I listen to your music, I hear the tradition of the music. I hear you searching for soul and spirituality and you have to put your history into it. You have to bring your culture into it and you have to, you have to bring your likes. I, I mean this in a poetic way. You have to bring your likes and even your dislikes into, into the music. Maybe the Caribbean culture finds its way uh, in into the music, probably this. I don't want to say new because Black Pride is not new. It's something mm-hmm. that absolutely. It's something that your mother thought about when you were born, and she rubbed your absolutely. Yeah, when she rubbed <laughs> your head and she brushed your hair and she talked to you and told you <laughs> how beautiful your skin yeah. was. It's not new. Mm. It didn't come about this yeah. year. It's something that's been talked about for a long time. But what I think about is all of those influences coming into the music and making you fresh and brand new. When I when I get a chance to talk to artists, I always, you know, they they ask me for some advice or some thoughts. And I always say, try to bring what it is, whatever it is that's unique to you into your music mm-hmm. and without even trying in some ways, your uniqueness will, will come about. You understand what I'm saying? If you got something that's yeah, just yeah. that's just your family, that's just your thing, that's just quirky to you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think in a way you're the only one that can tell your story the way that you tell it. You know, you have your own perspective on your life, your culture, your love of whatever tradition that has pulled you in, um, whether it be music or something else, I think. I think it's it's so important to respect that, but also contribute to the to carrying it on. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. And everyone is unique. I know everyone always says that, and it's like, oh, you know, it seems to be something that is always mentioned, but it should always be mentioned because it's so true, and it's so easy to forget that when you spend your whole lifetime, you know, studying 
the the greats yeah and and kind of like balancing that with okay what what do i sound like yeah who am i yeah in the world of music in the world of um you know melody and rhythm it's you know well documented but um your influences how you came to music how you came to your horn how you came to jazz was your initial influences, um, classical music, or was it was it well rounded from the beginning? I think from the very beginning, yeah, it was definitely classical music. I would say we listened to loads of kind, loads of music in the house, um, lots of classical music. My mum, you know, Sundays was classical music only. And we'd all be like, you know, grumbly about it and be like, oh, can we listen to something else? Um, <laughs> all the time. I feel a bit bad for and, um, and then obviously like, so my three older siblings, they all grew up in classical music just like me and, and they would, you know, spend their Saturday mornings doing music classes and stuff at school and it, it was just, you know, when you grow up around something that's so normal that I often have to remind myself, you know, not everybody grew up surrounded by music and it's surrounded by music in the house in the way that, you know, hearing your brother or sister practicing like endlessly is, is like, you kind of just become part of that or you're like, you know, the annoying little sister and you're just like, what are you doing? What are you up to? (laughs) And they're just like, I'm practicing. Um, but what I mean by that is it was, um, in a way I, I really looked up to it. You know, they were my first influences yeah, and my first inspirations. You, you want to be like your older siblings, you know, you follow them around the playground all the time. (laughs) So I think I definitely, it grew up as like something that oh, I can't, I can't wait to play an instrument, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to carry my case along with, with my brothers and sisters, which is something that I, I guess I'd never, I actually never really thought about it in that way, but, um, it's true. Like they're my first inspirations because you want to grow up to be like your older siblings when, when you're like, when you're like four or five and that was when I started playing music. And I got a violin first and I was just like, not into it, (laughs) not into it. I was like, so my sister played the flute and she sang, my other one played the cello and the clarinet, my brother played the trumpet. I was like, why do I get stuck with the violin? Like what's going on? But obviously mom was like, you know, you started this, you have to, um, see it through. You must keep up the momentum and you must see it through and, and, you know, I saw it through till I was 18 years old. Wow. <laughs> it was a long time. Yeah. And I, it was a bit of a painful process <laughs> at times, but I, I also along the way, I have learned so much from playing a stringed instrument, being a part of orchestras, being a part of that sound world. It just like completely opened me up. And, um, along the way, somehow the saxophone came into my life. Um, like I think I was about 10 and I'd spent like a year trying to teach myself the clarinet because we had like an old broken one in the house, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I just, yeah. Anyway, the saxophone made its way to me and that was it, to be honest. Like I, 
everything else just like fell by the wayside in terms of violin and viola practice and piano just all I could think about was like so was, this was is it the a, one <laughs> was it at 10 or was it at, at 18 when you when you started to thoroughly uh, focus on the saxophone oh well I played so I played when I was 10 I had like two or three instruments on the go I was still playing piano I was doing violin and viola and then the saxophone and then for the like, I guess throughout my teens, the saxophone just kind of took over. Okay. But I kept up with the viola mainly because, well, my mom was just like, well, the rule is you have to finish your grades. Yeah. You can't quit um, just because, you know, you can't be bothered, which I'm grateful for now. Yeah. Um, I think it took, it taught me the real, the real meaning behind like focus and discipline um, without it have to, having to be a, like, when you say that to some people, it's like, whoa, that's negative. And it's like, actually, I got something really important out of that um, life lesson, I guess, of like to keep going. And I actually look back on it really fondly, even though I'm like, oh, I know I didn't like it at the time, but I had friends that were in, you know, orchestra, saxophone wasn't really a part of the orchestra. So that was like a whole other world to this jazz world that I kind of discovered in my early teens. And so they were just two sides of the music puzzle that I kind of grew up in. And then aside from, you know, classical music and jazz, um, at home we were playing loads of reggae and dub and, you know, some Cuban music that my mom really enjoyed and all of the stuff that she listened to when she was like, you know, a teenager and, yeah. and in her twenties and stuff. So yeah. Lots of music, basically, yeah. <laughs> in my life. That's that's um that's amazing. I, I want to go back to what you said about things in your childhood, lessons of your childhood, at, and mm. and in some ways, at the moment that it's happening in your childhood, it seems like it's a bitter pill. It seems like uh, so much. <laughs> I don't want to do this. You're dragging your feet. Sometimes, and, mm. and it's like, oh, even... That was me, boy, that was me. <laughs> even listening to some certain things, you're like, oh, I have to listen. Okay, this is not what I want to listen to right now. You know, I, I want to yeah. do something different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that was sun, me, I think. Su su yeah, definitely. Su <laughs> Sunday mornings, when my mother put on the, the you know, we were in church almost all day. So it was, there was like a, um, you know, Sunday school, then there's regular service, then there's three o'clock service, then there's an early night service, then there's night service. So <laughs> on Sunday, you were going to church about five All or six day. times. So on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, my mother always wanted to bump the gospel music as well. And, you know, I was like, you know. There was this TV show called Soul Train, and we wanted to we wanted to hear the soul music. We wanted to see Michael Jackson. We wanted to, you know, yeah. We we wanted to just like, you know, just pleasure listening <laughs> instead of you mm. know spiritual listening to cleanse our minds and you know and you know. <laughs> but I think about it now. This this it, it, I have to be careful because it, it's 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 almost blasphemy to say that you didn't want to hear gospel music, but 
Yeah. I just sometimes I just wanted to um sometimes I wanted to just listen with everything my, that my friends were listening to. But that's a big one. Right. But the foundation, mm. the foundation and the core and the root, uh, even though sometimes I was reluctant with it, that's who that's where I am. That's who I am. There's a base that's quite strong. Mm. And um, Definitely. at the time, it was like, I don't know when this is going to be useful in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you never do, but you'd be so surprised, you know, like the ideas that you have now were formed by, you know, whatever you were listening to at the time or who you were meeting or, you know, someone told you to check out this album. And then, you know, X amount of years later, you're like, oh, yeah. This song from this album, like it, you never know. But yeah, I I completely agree. <laughs> my mother, my mother was um. It was an interesting thing. I'm I'm connecting it to your story, uh, and and the influences of all all the music that you got, and even sometimes being reluctant with it. My mother used to, she was very fond of small churches, and she was very fond of preachers who had some experience. Therefore, the congregation would be a very experienced congregation. So many times we would go to these little small churches that had um, uh, black saints, generally from the South. Generally, they were between 70, 80, 90 years old. And she would take little me, seven, eight, nine-year-old Gregory, to these churches. And I was like, mom, I got to go and sing with these old people again. You know, I, I wanted to, you know, there was these churches that had young, cute girls in pink dresses. And yeah. I wanted to go to that church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they gave you popsicles yeah. during intermission. But this was a church with no <laughs> air conditioning and you sit there for four hours. But listen, mm. if you hear a thing in my music. Mm -hmm. If you hear a depth and a spirituality in my music, it comes mm. from those air-conditioned-less four-hour <laughs> church meetings that my mother took me to that I, I'm not going to say I dislike it because, you know, I don't want to get struck down, but it was... It was, it was work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think it does like, you. it feels like that at the time because it's not your choice. You're also like living in the thing of like, okay, your parents tell you what to do. And when you add that within music as well, like we, we just say, I just always forget that. I forget that there was a time where I was like, I don't want to practice. Why is someone telling me to practice? And now I'm much older yeah. and, you know, I've, I've taught as well. I realize like you have, you have to, you have to be that person for someone. Sometimes you have to, you know, encourage them, whether it's gently or like maybe less gently yeah. to, to be that person. that's like, okay, if you want to do this, then you need to do this. Or like you've foresight, you know, older people have, foresight that kids just don't 
have in the same way. And, and I'm, I guess I, I always try to remember that and remember how it felt as a kid when you were just like, oh, I, sometimes I, I didn't want to go to, I did stuff, stuff on Saturdays and Sundays, like music, um, bands and groups. Sometimes I didn't want to go. And it was just like, no, you committed to it. So you have to go. And you'd be like, yeah, but all my other friends are like at the park. Right. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> and, and slowly that kind of, yeah, I always forget that it feels so long ago, but I remember that like it was yesterday. I was like, why am I, why am I doing this every weekend? And the groups were in my school. So I was at the school for seven days a week sometimes. It was crazy. <laughs> it felt, it felt crazy. But I mean, I'm very, very grateful for those experiences and that education and those connections within the musical sphere to everyone and everything, you know, for those sessions. It was amazing. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Do you f- do you feel like um, I'm sure this is a question that you that you get a lot in in interviews that that you do. Do you feel like that you're bringing something unique to the table? Because in our profession, um, as a, a a jazz musician, your particular position as a band leader as a the lead instrument as a woman do you feel like you bring something unique to the stage uh, based on being a woman is that a corny question i don't know but i'm asking it <laughs> <laughs> i think i think every musician brings something well not sorry not every musician but most let's say bring their uniqueness because of their person and personality rather than it being a gendered thing. Um, Loads of people will disagree with me. (laughs) I've read books about it, but I think from my point of view, I only know me as me. So I only know the way I play as me and I don't know if it would be any different Uh if, you know, I was a guy. Um, what I notice is, is people's minds are being more open than they were, say, when I was younger, um, and also like just starting to gig. I think, yeah, it just feels that way to me. I feel like people don't make the same judgments that I felt when I'd like walk into a jam session or whatever, or walk into like a, uh, a band rehearsal you know, I think, which is, which is good. I hope. Yeah, no, <laughs> I hope they don't anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, this, this, this is, this is good to hear because that's particularly what I meant. I didn't mean your, um, your talent mm. per se, cause that's, that's on, you know, you're on, mm. you're on, that's your spirit. You're on par with everybody. You know, you beat them all down. Thanks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Gregory>. But, um, <laughs> but in terms of, uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a new generation. I'm not, I'm not saying that there was a generation that, that, you know, that would have kicked you off the stage, but I don't know if the opportunities would have, would have been there. I don't know. I can't, I'm, I haven't grown up in your environment 20, 30 years ago, but I'm, I'm, it's just in my head that mm. a, a, a female leading, leading the band, commanding 
um, and having a, 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 her point of view uh, with her music. Um, I was just wondering, has that ever been in, in, in issue for you? Or have you been with cool, soulful people that you've worked with and they respect your musicianship and they want to see you what? They want to see you rise, all rise. <laughs> that was perfect. I loved it. <laughs> I, think, I really didn't um, plan to do that. But that I, I, was, but she... No, that was perfect. I feel like you were waiting and I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. That's it, though. I've, I, I always get stumped with that question sometimes because, as in what you asked before and people have asked me before as well, because I've been within a community of musicians and people that we just like we've grown up together we support each other nothing it was like musician to musician and nothing else you know and I think people expect to have to ha expect it to have been different because of maybe other other stories that they've heard especially surrounding like me and you know the musicians that I play with um over here but yeah, it, there was none of that, you yeah, know, it didn't wonderful. feel like, it, it feels like complete and utter mutual respect. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm often reminded that that's not always the case. And I, I am grateful. I'm grateful. And it's weird because it should just be that way, but it isn't, um, you know, and when I travel, <laughs> you know, I'm reminded that it isn't, even though my name's on the bill, you know, people don't want to talk to me. They're like, oh, sorry, you know, who's in charge? I am right. me. <laughs> I'm the one in charge. I'm the one you need to talk to. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> but, um, you know, slow. We, we move slow, but we'll get there. I think it's it's a long road, but. Yeah, it is. It's it is something getting that, better. Yes, yes, absolutely. But it is something you can speak on, but in in that other way. Your yeah. testimony is that look, look what can happen when put mm. in the right soil, when given mm. the right support. Look at the sound that exactly. can come out, and it's it's yeah. it's uh. Your genius is indistinguishable from the genius that you put into that you that you say about any young lion that 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 has that has come out. Let's you know, let's let's put it that way. Watch what happens when when you're given that respect and given that soil in which to grow. This is this is this is the the ultimate thing that we're trying to express and 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 talk about which is uh mutual respect and this access to opportunity yeah absolutely i wholeheartedly agree i think accessibility is so important and you know i'm i'm prime example like I'd, there's a bunch of things that you know, maybe if I was a kid now, I wouldn't have been able to do that I had done when I was a kid because of, you know, musical programs in place that had been funded. So 
it wasn't based on how much you could have, you know, afford to pay your parents or whatever, or musical instruments that were loaned and all of this. And um, that's kind of disappearing slowly, not completely, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about accessibility because you don't know what will happen to, you know, person X or Y or this kid or that kid if you give them a trombone or access to a piano every morning or whatever it may be, it can, it can save them, Yeah, you know, and it can give them a voice to connect with so many people. But first of all, starting with themselves. Yeah, it's cool. Hey guys, you're listening to The Hang. Hit subscribe or follow on your podcast thingamajig of choice to get every episode of The Hang fresh off the presses. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You always uh, grew up in London. Where are you from? Yeah, I grew up in London. Um, grew up in Camden Town. And then when I started Camden, university. Go like, slow for me. So that's yeah. like. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, like that's North like the Camden, Camden Lock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Place where I yeah, can get yeah. some good food and buy some, you know, a nice wallet and. Uh, Well, I don't know about a nice wallet, but you can get some good food. It used to be a spot that you could get really beautiful individual things. And, you know, you know how capitalism works. Yeah. Moved, been moved. But, um, I just, wait a um, minute. You just, I think you're saying something there and you're not, you're trying to be nice about it. What are you trying to say? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to say that the Camden market and the Camden lock and the Camden that I grew up in, is definitely not the Camden lock and the Camden market that it is now. It changed. It changed as areas do, you know, gentrification came in and it's still there. Uh (laughs) Um, But it, it changed from, you know, markets, the, the raw community feeling of them rather than like, Oh, I can get this one thing at 80 stores that are all next to each other. Right. That's not what it's about. That's not um, what it used to be. No, it's not. It's not the same local vibe. However, um, it's my home and I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, I dig. I dig. I dig. I am. No. Mm. I'm not. 
You caught me. You caught me trying to be nice and diplomatic. <laughs> no, because it's a thing that we have to. It's a thing that we have to traverse. Because yeah, yeah. I wrote a song. Absolutely. It uh, it's kind of a a companion to uh, "On My Way to Harlem." "On My Way to Harlem" mm. is about um, the energy behind it is about uh, gentrification. Is about um, when I say, I found out on my way to Harlem, Ellington, you don't live around here. I, I, I came up with that lyric because the, the building that Duke Ellington used to live in is, mm. uh, is now the rent is priced so high that, the, the, you know, people who grew up in that neighborhood can no longer afford to live there. Uh, this is it. And, and, the companion song that I that I wrote to it was a bit harsher. Um, in in it's not an attack on gentrification. It's just kind of documentary, because mm. because there's a, there's an odd thing that happens with gentrification. Sometimes you can now play in the park. Sometimes now the park is being taken care of. Some, sometimes there's a fresh fruit stand. This this uh, this is this is. I'm particularly talking about in New York. So mm. the song is called God Damn There Goes the Neighborhood. And <laughs> God Damn There Goes Perfect the Neighborhood. Title. But listen, listen, listen. In this way, <laughs> God Damn There Goes the Neighborhood. The next lyric is children playing in the park in a fresh fruit stand. God damn, God damn, there goes the neighborhood. Mm. It's this strange thing about, yes, there are some improvements, but there's some things that are lost and there's bits of culture that are lost. And there's a, some people there's a, that are lost and there's a, a cohesiveness, uh, a cultural cohesiveness that can be, that can be lost. And sometimes it's not done maliciously. Sometimes, sometimes it is, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's, um, you know, I, I studied city planning in college and sometimes it happens by way of many things many things. It comes by way of people getting better jobs and wanting to move out of the neighborhood, not realizing the value of what they had. Sometimes it's, you're pushed out. It, it can happen a number of, yeah. of, 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 of different ways, but um, what I'm coming to, I think what I'm, what I'm ultimately going to, to, to say is the, the, where you were growing up and when you were growing up, tell me what the mix was. Tell me what, what the soup was. What was the feeling? Uh, and how did that relate musically? I think one of, the, one of the greatest things I think about where I grew up in terms of being in Camden is that it felt like everyone was there. Like you walk from the station to the lock. It's like not that far. It's like five minute walk, really slowly looking at every single shop on the way. But like you see everyone yeah. from everywhere. And I think that was, it's so important to grow up where that's not like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like it didn't feel out of the norm to me. And when I went to other areas, I would notice it left down that street. And it feels like, very white or you go around that corner and it's, you know, 
very black and then you go around the other corner and it's it's completely different and I love Camden because it, it was just completely multicultural and that yeah. started shifting and changing in terms of who lives there and who lived there when I was there. Uh-huh. What was one of the most amazing things I think looking back on that time was that when you're walking down the street it didn't make me feel like I was the odd one out. Like sometimes it has done in other areas in London since or it was interesting and and going back now and all you know my friends who grew up there like none of us can afford to go and move back there as such like it's just I don't know how anyone lives in Camden to be honest <laughs> you must have had your house and your family for time or be really rich um it's crazy because it was also I guess going that way when I was a teenager I just I didn't notice it yeah. um until my generation you know we go to school to uni and then when you're looking to move back somewhere you're like oh okay like oh it's like I that yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> i guess <laughs> i'll just you know i'll move like four boroughs that way it'll be fine <laughs> i'll just take an hour to get here it's cool camden when i was a teenager like it just felt like lots of little communities really beautiful little communities as a part of a bigger community yeah. you know you know, there's a record shop in Camden that's been there for ages and ages and ages that has incredible like reggae and dub and tapes and all of this and just little things like that. I remember that are yeah. really important to me and that I would still go to now, you know. I know exactly where I want to eat when I go to Camden and I hope that they're still, you know, every time. I'm like, are they still there? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a special place. <laughs> next time, next time I, I'll come. To London. I'm going with you. You know exactly where to go. Yes, to eat. yes. Do. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm um, going with you and your partners. <laughs> I'll, I'll take you on a tour of London. Oh, I would love food. this. I've been hopping around mm. there for 10 years. And mm. it's unfortunate that we haven't hung out at a jam session. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I now commit to scheduling time to feel. You know, because because here I am, I look back and the jazz scene in London has has swollen. It's got sass and energy and a bombast and a power and strength. I'm I'm just pulling out words, at, you know, just listening to you know everything everybody is doing. There's a confidence mm-hmm. And the strength is 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 cool to see, and I wish that I could have. I'm I'm so thankful to the BBC and 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 everything that they've done, but I wish I could have left a few of those sessions and went to the <laughs> <laughs> and went to the real yeah. sessions. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure we shall in the future. I think what being in London has taught me, I'm. Obviously, haven't been touring for years and years, like not actually that long, but it was so intense um, immediately that it's made me really appreciate the places that we grew up playing and, you know, traditional jazz clubs alongside all of the other places that were just like, well, you've got a space, let's play. Um, You know, the warehouses, the pubs, the anywhere and everywhere that would have us because in London you... 
Yeah, in London you've got a you've got a hustle, man. You've got a hustle and grind. But in it feels to me anyway, like looking back, it felt in a caring and positive way for like the community. It was like you know, oh, there's this regular gig here. Great, like everyone's gonna go through multiple times or change up your bands or try this or whatever. And it was it's it was a blessing to be busy. Especially now. Yeah. And isn't it, it's it's so funny. I remember my early, my early gigs to where, you know, you would be doing music all day, going on a hunt for records at 12 Mm. o'clock, three o'clock, you had a rehearsal, you know, seven o'clock, you're going to listen to somebody else's gig. Later that night, you have a four or five hour gig that goes to two or three in the morning. What am I trying to say is, is, is that this is going to sound funny. It's as you rise in your career in a way that allow you to do less. Like, like, Mm. you know, I remember those times when I had like, uh, I would do gigs, maybe five sets, four sets, five sets. This as a vocalist. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Isn't it? I don't I've I don't know how you did it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a lot. And and it's a lot. <laughs> and like now, now they just want me to do less and less. Yes, the and, and the money gets more, mm-hmm. but for less and less. <laughs> now I I'm not saying I want to go back to doing five sets yeah. a night. I can't do it. But there's there's a there's something that happens in that time, the back and forth with the musicians, the the mm. um, it's something that 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 can be missed. That's all I can say. When I when I, I go agree. back to I New York and I and I different. and I run around and do some jam sessions, it's 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 mm. cool. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I definitely agree. I think for me that was only that was like two years ago. Yeah, you know? my first international gig was like two years ago yeah before that it was like all of your gigs are in london how many gigs can you do all week in london with how many different bands and there was like a real drive that, that i think i still have but in a very different way it kind of moved and kind of expanded into so many different areas that i never thought that i'd have to deal with you know like tour managing and all of this and all of that and all of that and now i finally you know moved on from doing everything myself to then you know, having people to help, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, I just look, I think back to the like, gigging in London, just me turning up with a saxophone and just joining loads of different things. And I think I learned a lot from that time. It gave me stamina, I think, <laughs> more than anything. This is what I'm talking about. It's a, it is, so how am I able to do 250 shows a year now? It's because of that time mm. and because of that, you know, sometimes even testing your body and your musical mind. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's all wonderful. Even if this, this uh, pandemic is a, is a great big reset and we, and, and we all have to go back to that. If mm-hmm. I have to go back to doing five sets, you know, in some outdoor space, mm. <laughs> I've always said that I'm, I'm, I'm married to this. This is, it's music mm. is, is my love and probably what I'm supposed to be doing. 
And my mother said, it's the best thing that I do. And, and so I'm married to it. But like anyone else, you, we have outside interests. Um, and what are yours? Outside of music, when you get a chance to, to do other things, what is it? What do I do? Well, I do. I love to read. Um, and I haven't had the time until now for ages. Like when I was a kid, I was a real like bookworm. I loved it. And, um, so yeah, I just got all my books out of storage as well, which is great. So I'm just trying to, you know, spend my time learning, you know, about <laughs> random, random stuff. Um, and, what else? I love to be outside when it's not horrible and raining like it is at the moment, but to like go, you know, for walks in a forest or a park and just forget the city uh-huh. and outside of music, traveling, I love to travel, but like outside of for gigs and stuff, I just, I love to discover new places and meet new people. And it's actually really interesting when it's, um, not because you're there to play or someone's like, oh, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm here to do a gig. I'm like, I think that's great, but you're only in those places for like one or two days. So I really, when I have any time off, I love to, you know, just like tag on the end of my tour and just stay somewhere. Like this last winter, I finished my last gig of the year and then I just, I went to Colombia for like two months yeah, <laughs> it was wow. it was fun it was phenomenal and and traveled like you know to several places to the amazon to the pacific coast like all over and wow. and i think travel is one of my biggest biggest bugs like i just yeah i love it yeah that's hardcore so big yeah i love it i love <laughs> it i love Cause, it because that suggests to stay out that long that suggests you were like backpacking damn near Basically, I stayed in one place for like six weeks and then I spent, I guess being in the Amazon was definitely like one bag type vibe and yeah. like lots of lots of boats and, and um, forest walks and stuff, jungle walks. But I think most of it was very comfortable in a friend's flat, yeah. um, just discovering <laughs> like the, the cities and stuff. But if I guess it does I, I yeah, whole, felt like a- that for bits. I didn't want to misguide you. <laughs> I, had a whole, I had a whole Amazon adventure going on in my head. You I know. know. <laughs> Mosquitoes as big as my I arm, mean, you know. I mean, they are. They are, man. They really are. <laughs> They're scary. <laughs> really scary. No, listen. But it was worth it. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. And so that, but that's, that's, that's awesome that you, that you do get uh, some time like that. But, but, um, you grew up in, in the UK your entire life, but wh- where are your, your, your parents from? Where, where are the, where are you, tr- what are you tracing? Where are you tracing? My dad is from Trinidad and Tobago and my mom is from Guyana. So very seeped in Caribbean culture and food, music, dance. Like I remember the first time I went to Trinidad, I was 10. My dad took me to meet and see family. My granddad was living over there. He just moved back from the UK. And I was just, I remember just being like, totally like, just, you know, and you're just so amazed that you can't speak. And I was like, oh, you know, I've grown up. My parents have been like, you're half your family's from Trinidad. And I was like, 
amazing but you have I have what they've shown me in Trinidad and then I went there for myself I was so young and we'd continued going for a few years every summer after that and um carnival is what got me <laughs> carnival <laughs> is just like it just it, I mean I'd been to carnival in London since I was like a baby so I was used to that complete joyous celebration of so many different things and and colors and sounds and dances um but going to Trinidad Carnival changed the game wow. it changed the game it's it's huge and um my dad was doing some filming i think he was making a documentary and and obviously he knows everyone in Trinidad it's like one of those places and um it seemed to me anyway age 10 i just remember just like being so amazed that I was, I was quite shy. I wasn't talking and I was just like, I was just looking at everyone and everyone goes and is like, Oh, you know, you're cute. And like just grabs your face and stuff. And you're just like, I don't know you, but like you're in this amazing outfit and you know, everyone's like treating you like that you're their daughter. And it was just such a, like a life changing experience for me. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Like the first the the first time you go to meet uh some relatives that that they're dressed in uh, a carnival outfit <laughs> yes platform yeah. shoes and- yeah no it, i mean everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone feels like they you know cuz you call everyone you know oh this is cousin this uncle this auntie that like and you actually don't know whether they're your real aunt or uncle but like it doesn't matter because a friend is my dad's friends are like aunts and uncles and yeah it was phenomenal it felt like coming home to a home that I'd never really set foot in or on and that was really special and seeing the landscape and swimming in the sea with the craziest highest waves you've ever seen in your (laughs) life um and and seeing the like giant turtles it's just is really special and my mum's from Guyana and I haven't been yet but um I really really hope to go very soon like as soon as possible as soon yeah. as we're allowed to be honest I I want that same experience as an adult yeah. yeah this is something I hadn't expected one thing that that blew me away about the the connections and the bonds that jazz can make or that music can make friendships that you can develop around the world. And it's just something you, you hadn't considered. When, when, when I book a, a, a tour and, and I see that it's like, wow, I'll, I'll be out most of the year. I don't calculate what personal connections that I make when I look at my calendar. But now as I look at the calendar's past, these gigs or these moments and this travel that has happened, I look at all of the places that I've been, whether it be uh, Germany, whether it be South America, whether it be wherever in the world, Japan. And I realize that music is a thing that brings us together. More specifically, I hadn't considered what connecting to a diaspora of Black culture meant. I hadn't thought about connections that would be made and the fellowship that would be made because 
Mm. And it's not just color of skin. There's a, there's a deeper a spiritual connection that comes from ultimately we're coming from some place, from a common place. And we meet again for sometimes the only other reason that brings us back together is this music, is jazz. Now, so the, di- mm-hmm. the, so the diaspora may be Africa, Caribbean, the American South, the American Northeast, New York, Chicago. And mm-hmm. the place where all of that energy can meet is in jazz. And it makes sense. And you do it in your music, this connection of the Caribbean and the hip hop mm. and the 1960s uh, and 70s soul jazz. And that's the dopest thing. I hadn't considered how good I would feel when I heard a gospel choir Thank you. in the Caribbean <laughs> singing like the choirs that I grew up with. I hadn't considered how how my heart would feel. And when it happened and, and I got to meet the members of the choir and it was, there, there were people who, who, who's traced their origins. They're absolutely without question, UK citizens without a doubt, without a question, but mm. they, they, their families have roots in, in the Caribbean or in Mm-hmm. Kenya or in Nigeria, but we met at this beautiful place in music. I hadn't even considered this that this beauty was out there, and you capture it all, all in your music, and it's it's a it's a Thank wonderful you. thing. It's a wonderful thing, Thank really. You and so you know, I, I just wanted to say that to, to to stay on that track, and and as you as you can as your your career continues to to develop and, and you go high, far and wide. Um, I think this, this thing will happen to you, to, to you as well. It's already happening for you because you, you, <laughs> you, you, you hear it. But I was like, you know, I, I love keeping myself in a way help in a, and this, I have this thing called healthy ignorance. You know, I stick my head into something and I don't know what I'm going to experience then it becomes this overwhelming, beautiful experience that I can't help mm. but be moved by. I'm talking and talking. Let me ask this question. Are you glad that you released uh, this album for this time? Are, is, 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 are the messages and uh, the melodies on this record uh, something that you feel glad to be releasing into the envir- in this environment? I think so. I think... Obviously, I had a, a whole completely different pl- plan and I'm kind of in a weird way. I'm just happy that I'm purely happy that it's out and I'm happy that people are connecting to, you know, stories that I'm trying to tell, um, stories upon stories from other people that have told me theirs and, and the whole narrative surrounding it. And also, like, I think I'm truly happy about the honesty I feel like it's a really honest record of me right now. And mm. that's all I could have asked for. Like, that's all I could have asked for. So to release it now, it's just, it is what it is. And in a weird way, maybe people have more time to 
actually listen or realize that, you know, music isn't to be churned out. Um, you can't have something new every single week. Sorry. And sometimes you can. Yeah. Um, but I think it's taught me, like, even as a musician myself, the importance of really remembering to get into each album, which I thought I did before, but I have listened to so much music during these last six or seven months. Yeah. Cause I thought, I thought I was listening to loads of music, you know, always on the road, always in the, always in the van, always on a plane. I thought I was constantly listening to music, but like really listening, like the way that I listened when I was like trying to get into Coltrane for the first time. And I was like, how is this even possible? Like that kind of listening, basically, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I feel, I feel more connected to it probably because I'm not trying to run around and do a million different shows and a million different things. And I feel far away from the people listening to it, but also very close because we're listening to the same thing. Yeah. You're mentioning just a Coltrane uh, just now reminded me of a, of a female saxophone player that, that I, I've worked with and, and toured with um, for years. I think we met at the same club where I met all my musician friends, small club in, mm -hmm. in Harlem. Lakeisha Benjamin. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She yeah, 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 I am. I can't remember where I saw her. Oh, Winter Jazz. Yeah. Winter absolutely. Jazz first, like maybe last year. I love it. Yeah, Amazing she, musician. Yeah, she's cool. She's 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 uh, just released a project, uh, the Coltrane's, and it's it's uh, the music of of John Coltrane oh, yeah, yeah. and Alice Coltrane. Yeah, check that yeah, out. In all of your mass, in all of your massive listening, <laughs> check no, that out. No, no, um, I definitely saw it, and I think you know when you just see things pop up and you forget. But yeah, this is it. When someone recommends you an album, you're more likely to listen to it rather than yeah. like seeing it or whatever. That's what's been amazing. People's conversations are like, oh, what are you listening to? I've really enjoyed that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. There's, there's, there's you know, maybe more to, to discuss there, but I think I have exhausted my hour with you. It's been amazing to talk to you and to listen to your story and to your roots. And to to listen to your music, dive into your music, and and see that that beauty comes from a beautiful person as well. So so thank you, thank you, thank you for, for hanging. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been really, 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 really incredible to talk to you. I've been a fan for a very, very long time. Right. So yeah, it was just great to talk yeah. to chill to hang yeah this I is really you know this it. is how it's supposed to be you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly ah uh, next that's, that's it my friends we've reached the end of another fantastic episode but don't worry there's still plenty more to come in season two thanks again to nobaya and thank you so much for listening Remember, you can keep following us wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, I'm Greg Reporter, and this has been The Hang, a cup and nuzzle production. <laughs>